2: Yeah, huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a hoota. I'm a hoota. Long as I'm living, I'm a hoota. Lose or winning, I'm, I'm a hoota. Sports coma, yeah, kiss, them, homes, Post- regarde, this is where we do that. that. Where, where do we that. Peut- yeah, do novels, that. that. Where we yeah, do that. Right where we do that. Where we do that. Where we do that. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a hoota. I'm a hoota. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Well. the ring, I was yelling out your shade for the championship, fucking yeah. on town, duck down, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut, shut down, Panthers ain't much, to touchdown. touchdown, the vision really belong to us now, That's so down. much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell, ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy and you probably smell, the crooked referees are Roger Goodell, the fuck yeah. like this and I'm a hoot, hoot everyday I'm living, I'm a hoot at. I'm a Lose or win, and I'm a hoot at It's the sports coma. This is where we do that. that, Where we do that. eh. Where we do that. eh. Where we do that. Where we do that. Where we do that. eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a a hoot at It's the sports coma. This is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Q and the guys on the P.R.O. Media Network.
0: All right, shout out to the mighty Who That Nation, man. We in this thing. Appreciate the great Saint Thank Tank for representing. We up in this thing. Much love to the fam, man.
1: You did feel comfortable last night saying that you know there was a possibility or a great possibility that we would see more of sort of the pass rushing role from him moving forward. Is there a reason that he didn't fit into that role before? Um, well, look, I mean, I think his linebacker snaps have become a little bit more limited, and so that opens him up a little bit more to. Uh, to that pass rushing role Um, you know I I don't see him as a full-time defensive end um, you know because I just think from a size standpoint that that's difficult to do at that size um, you know play a full-time defensive end position particularly in the run game things like that so um, you know when you get teams into a little bit more of a passing situation there's a there's a bigger role for that player.
0: That's interesting. Let me give a two cents on that, fam. Uh, It's interesting about the Zach Bourne thing. Remember, the Zach Bourne is in the final year of his rookie contract. The Saints drafted him. I think uh, they moved up to go and get him in the third round several years ago. He was a guy that got multiple sacks out of the University of Wisconsin, and the majority of the time he was a, a guy that was on the line, the defensive line, rushing the quarterback. So when Sean Payton had the bright idea to take him, they had envisioned him doing a similar thing with the saints. It's very is, is uniquely minded. I, I just said like that. It's very a unique mindset for the saints to finally decide in the last year of Zach Boyne's contract to see if he can rush the passer. He did get a sack in uh recently. And, but the thing is like, he talked about the limiting role of line, but his, his role as a linebacker has been limited since he's been here. And I was like, why is this guy? He's played special teams. He's done the best he could do to kind of get on the field. And he just wasn't a guy that fit what the Saints was doing. And I thought that they should have cut bait and run on Zach Bond anyway. But is this an opportunity for them to say, "Okay, listen, we finally figured out how to use him and with the contract up, I don't see much of a big market for him unless uh, Sean Payton wants him in Denver or somebody else wants him. He wants to go back home to Green Bay or somewhere up there. I don't really see... Uh, you know, unless he takes a cheaper contract to stay with the Saints, you know, use him and using them in that way. You know, it, that's that's kind of a that's something that we were been supposed to do. But he never truly and, and listen, Zach Bond has that never was his thing, even though he had the athleticism at times. You'll notice that Zach would take bad angles, pursuit angles, and you'll be out of position to defend uh, on passes that's going over his head. Uh, and then Caden Ellis kind of performed. Caden was a seventh round draft pick that came on and then kind of jumped ahead of his thing. But he Caden had more of a a feel for playing a linebacker position, even though he got he he would get caught out of position at times. But he improved upon that, especially in that pay year. Zach Bourne on the on the other hand, with the Saints, never truly a scheme fit for them. He's like he said, Allen said, I don't see him as a full-time defensive end. No, he's not because he's he'll get ran on. You know, he's a guy that you send in a situationally pass at times, but if they switch to a run and they run to his side, he he's they they just that they will get good yardage on that side. So very interesting that they finally kind of admit into what's going on with Zach Bond. And that,
1: become more limited. Is that you mentioned that? Is that well, look, I think, that think that? some of that has to do with I thought Nephi Sewell came in and played really well last week, and I think he earned more opportunities to play the linebacker position. Now they they played the whole game and you know in sub sub offense, which limited our, you know, ability to get Nephi uh, in there a little bit more. But um, I think you'll see Nephi, you know, probably play a little bit more, um, you know, in our regular packages with, with, uh, you know, when they get into, you know, 12, 21, those type of personnel groupings. So uh, undrafted
0: linebacker Nephi Sewell has supplanted Zach Bowen in a linebacker rotation. Just getting that clear. You know, same thing that happened with a seven-round draft pick named Kaden Ellis, who got paid by Atlanta. Nephi Sewell has leaped ahead of Zach Bond. I don't, just don't understand why the Saints just didn't cut bait from Zach Bond when they had an opportunity to, and had a guy that they don't have to experiment with that knows how to play the linebacker position. But anyway, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? How much of that too is you guys are maybe looking for a solution to spark that pass rush and, uh, well, I think it. there's.
1: I, I think that's part of it. Right. I mean, you know, um, you know, we, we kind of went through a significant portion of the season and 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 you know that, well, we're not getting to the quarterback as much as we need to. Um, and yet we've had some some spurts through you know, throughout my time here where we you know haven't sacked the quarterback as well. And then all of a sudden we have a few of those breakout type games. So um, but that yeah, that's that's part of it is, you know, we feel like we've got to affect the quarterback more. Um I feel like we've, we've, we've kind of been able to do that. Uh, we did that, you know, in this past game. And I don't know that our sack numbers were where, you know, you would have liked for them to be against Detroit, but I do think there was some, you know, a little bit more effect on the passer in terms of the rush. And it's uh look like Brian Perceived kind of shook up on that last defensive play of the game. There- yeah, look, I mean, um, kind of hurt his shoulder, but everything really checked out fine. So, um you know, based on the information that I have today from the trainers, we don't really think that's going to be an issue. Was Grooby's leg bothering him, not just the field goal, but his kickoffs didn't seem to be as deep as Well, that. it, look, that's, that's been something that he's been dealing with the last, you know, couple of weeks, and it's limited his, um, you know, his ability on, on kickoffs a little bit. Um, so, I, but I, I think that's going to continue to get better. I know we asked this after the game, but reviewing it and, and talking with Derek after and how he felt—I mean, did he feel limited physically in any way? Yeah, look, I, I, he certainly wasn't—you know—in my mind, 100%. Um, but he was—he was more than healthy enough to go out there and, and play. Um, and you know, it wasn't our best; wasn't his best performance. Um, but he was—he was more than healthy enough to go out there and, and play. Um, and, you know, it wasn't our best – wasn't his best performance. It wasn't our best performance offensively. Um, so we've got to make some corrections. And um, fortunately, we get to do that off a of win. And and now we get ready for New York. Um, I know last night you, know, you, you, you were asked about Jimmy Graham. You say so you don't want to dwell on the past. But, but when he has – three touchdowns on five targets. I mean, what is the explanation for what you haven't seen from him to give him more than five targets? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, the, the number of snaps, uh, that, that, that he's played is, has been limited, uh, even in the last couple of games, the one thing that we feel like, man, there's an area of the field that we feel like this player can help us. Um, and that's in the red area. And, and he's done that the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, but there's a, there's a lot of other snaps that go along in the game other than just the, other than just the red area. So um, I think we got to continue to look at that balance. But I think he's, you know, I, I think he's earned the right to, you know, get some more snaps.
0: Um, the, 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 the thing about Carr, we covered a lot of this in the first segment of the show before we got to the interview. Uh, I disagree with Dennis Allen on this whole car thing. I think it is absolutely irresponsible. I think it's very irresponsible for a head coach to play as quarterback and this guy has all these injuries. And we often talked about the injuries and how the Saints hide injuries. Most a lot of NFL teams do it, but the team that the team that I cover the Saints they do it a lot. They did it during the Sean Payton administration, they do it all the time. This is a technique that kind of held over when when Carr got slammed down, you can look at his motions. He can, he doesn't have the same zip on the ball that he has. Even the deep ball that he threw, where uh, the guy caught up to Chris Olave to knock the ball away in the Carolina game, it was under it was behind him. He threw the ball, but he had to wait on it, and the guy just made a deflection, got there, caught up, and knocked the ball away. If he was healthy, that would be, that throw would have been made really easy because that's his best throw. His best throw is that throw when he throws that ball out front of the guy and the guy runs up, um, up under it. That is his best throw. And he couldn't even get that ball past to get that ball ahead of the wide receiver. Chris Olave had to wait on it. But it, you can see it in, in how he plays. If you watch film prior to him coming to the Saints and watch how he throws the ball, it's a whole nother different thing. It's a whole everything's different. Like it's the, the accuracy is off. Like when he scrambled out to throw that ball to Jawan Johnson, not the Carolina game, but the game before Carolina, um, the Detroit lions game, they rolled out to the same side and he fired the ball three. Like, I don't know how many feet ahead of him, like at least three or four feet ahead of Jawan Johnson. I was like, how do you roll out to the same side? Your wide receiver is and still throw the ball out front of him by like two or three feet. How do you do that? And I'm like, how, how, because it's like that's a part of that injury like that shoulder it's them ribs all that works together and this dude operating with painkillers that's what it is they're shooting them up with painkillers and pain if you ever had that done them that numbs a lot of stuff and you can't you don't you can't exactly get a bead on what you're doing which is the reason and that's the thing I know a lot of people don't like Derek Carr me personally I think Carr's all right but the thing is you guys, you have to protect your your player. You have to protect your player. There are several really menacing injuries that this guy has. His shoulders tore up. You gotta, you can't have him throwing the ball with that AC strain, a uh, sprain. He has to sit down and not have any activity with that with that shoulder. That shoulder has to be as in a sling, and you can't be throwing with it. That's what they said the first, I think it's first several weeks or so, whatever the case may be. We had the medicals on it. Well, he can't be using that arm to throw anything. It has to be in a sling first. And then after a certain period of time, then you start the rehabilitation process, like working it and doing all this stuff. That was never followed, never followed. See, that's the thing about the internet. You having the ability to be able to look up information firsthand and find out how it goes and be like, they're not doing that. They're not following with the medical report saying how you are supposed to heal. And that was not talking about a regular person. It was talking about an athlete how athletes are supposed to deal with that sprain or strain. But the reality at the end of the day is regardless of that, AC shoulder issue. He has broken ribs that he himself admitted to three of them and concussions, two of them in 21 days, which is incredibly dangerous. If somebody, and he was taking abuse in the, in the Carolina game, he was slammed down gr- guy, grabbed them and slammed them down face for, for, face first into the turf. Face first in the to, to the turf. So like, like I was saying, man, I was like, listen, he was getting knocked down. He was get, you know, he was getting beat up on in the game. They were doing, I was like, family. You see, they're taking shots at him, knocking him down. They're trying to hurt him. Or make him or make him hurt even more than what he is. Because they knew he was hurt. Let's just beat him up and see what he does. And then the Saints are out there not protecting them. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen has a a healthy quarterback as a backup that he can roll out there and let Carr sit down for two or three weeks getting it together. Now they're in press mode right now with with a month worth of games remaining, and now you're going to try to get Derek Carr to be in there to try. This is this is not good, man. He's healthy enough to play. In what world are we living in that Carr is healthy enough to play with two concussions in in less than a month? two concussions in less than a month, a tore up shoulder and three broken ribs. What reality is Dennis Allen living in when the guy is good enough to go? I just don't get this. This guy is absolutely crazy, man. This is insane. And that's why I get on the saints like that, because this shouldn't be the case. If a, if a player is too hurt to play or a player has broken ribs, and he has a shoulder issue where he where he's affecting his accuracy, his throwing his the D ball. And then he has concussions, two concussions in a month's less than a month's time. It is it, it don't make any sense for him to be out there trying to play football and he's still getting sacked on and, and 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 thrown on the ground hard, and people are taking shots on him. Pause. So I mean at the end of the day, I think it's ridiculous. M. Dot Nelson says we called the Q. They're gonna come out. He says they were going to come out with the injuries but this is the thing we often talk about fam they that they hide injuries and i said it months ago i said this dude either has busted ribs or broken ribs something wrong with this dude and people gonna still say q he's faking injuries but i don't know what what, where is that coming from bro i don't understand the logic and why would he be faking injuries but i'm not going to entertain that bro but that don't make any sense to me you know, but anyway, M. thank you for the super chat.
2: You know, while
1: being fair to the player, I mean, is he not an effective enough blocker? Is is the, the you know speed when there's a lot of field in to yeah. run deeper? Yeah, look, I mean, keeps the field. you know, I, well, I think we we've got you know, some players in, at that position that have kind of defined roles and things that they can do. Um, and, and really it's kind of ends up being about opportunities. Jimmy's gone out the last couple of weeks and gotten more opportunities. He's taken advantage of those opportunities. So when you do that, I think you should get more. So I think that's what we'll, we'll look at as we move forward. Not to fully reprise the Derek Carr and Eric McCoy thing, but just so that it's it's addressed, was there any additional conversation that has taken place between you and either player or the team? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll keep those you know conversations in-house, but yeah, I think that whole thing's been addressed, and um, I think it's time to move forward from there. Fair to say that everything, not to, not to pander for the details or, or, or handle the details, but fair to say that it was come away in a positive way. We're in a good spot all. moving forward. Was Blake Smith Was it just the leg that you mentioned before, or what did you see on kind of the mess Well, look, I don't think I don't think the whole operation was very good. I mean, snap, hole, kick—I I thought it, all of it was was not was not very good. So, um, I think all three elements had had a part in, and um, that and that kick not going through. And um, look, that's I mean, you get. It, you get a field goal of that, of that distance inside of what it is for extra point, you know, that's that's really inexcusable. So we've got to be better there. He's missed another
0: one inside there at that same distance as well. I know you stress patience with a guy like that, but when it's that
1: close, like, does that change the patience factor? Listen, I mean, he understands that he needs to kick the ball through the through the uprights. I think we all know that. Um, I think he's a really talented young kicker. Um Sometimes with young players at at any position, you're going to have some ups and downs. Um, I've seen a number of kickers in our league that have had early struggles uh, that are extremely talented and gone on to have exceptional careers. So um, we're going to let him fight through some of these struggles a little bit. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, he'll continue to get better and we'll have some more consistency.
0: Number one, let me say this about the kicker situation. Blake Group A and... Lou Hetley were decisions made by Den Salin. I I was in disagreement with them, and and I like Blake Group I really do. I I like Blake Gilligan better than I like Hetley. To me, Gilligan's a better punter than Hetley is. That's just me. But in terms of Group A, Group A is a good young kicker. I like him. I like him a lot. But when you take rookies, you got to have patience. That's what the reporters asking them. You have to. He's stressing these guys to have more patience. With his rookie kicker that he chose over Will Lutz when he shipped Will Lutz to Denver for what a seven round draft pick, a starting NFL kicker. He sent him away for a second round, seventh round draft pick to Sean Payton to his buddy. And Will Lutz is cooking pretty good out there with Denver, to be honest with you. You know, but Dennis Allen, when he missed the kick, missed the kick, the snap wasn't all that. If you watch the the snap and then the hole, the hole wasn't all that. And then he hit it and then it kind of knuckleballed to the left there. But he should have gave him an oppor- given him an opportunity when he was lined up around what was it around the 35, 40 yard line. He could have called Blake Grupe in there to redeem himself, but he didn't. He decided to punt it from there. And I was like, why are we punting inside of the 50 yard inside of our inside of their, <laughs> you know, on their side of the field? Give your young kicker who you chose an opportunity to redeem himself. See, that plays in the the mind, the psyche of his young kicker now because it appears that the coach has lost faith in him, where he didn't allow him to go out there and redeem himself in the game. Said Dennis Allen, made these calls. You got to stick with these guys, just like you sticking with Carr. You got to stick with that kicker too. Come on now. Season doesn't
1: have like the nice clean even quarters anymore, but last quarter of the season now that we, we want to see out of our football team during the home stretch. Yeah, look, I mean, our our mindset last week was you know going one and up. Oh. And, and just focusing on Carolina and winning a game at home against Carolina. That was our focus last week. Our focus this week is going to be on the New York Giants and trying to win that game at home. And we're not going to look too far into the future about anything else. We're going to focus on the task at hand um, and, and uh, you know, try to, get, try to you know, go to the Dome and get another win. You're missing two starters in the second and you know, It looked like a lot of guys had good coverage yesterday. Just talk about that unit. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I thought our pass defense was awesome in the game. I thought our guys got up and challenged. Um, you know, there's a couple of plays, obviously, that we'd all like to have back. Um, but I thought for the most part, there's a lot of contested throws. Um, and and I thought, I thought our guys, you know, got up and, and, and competed against them and challenged him at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I think those, you know, when you're able to get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback and you're able to challenge at the line of scrimmage, it, it leads to some pretty good uh, pretty good results. Um, you know, we had a number of, you know, um, opportunities on the ball. You know, I, I do think there was probably a couple opportunities I thought maybe we could have taken advantage of and turned into interceptions. But uh, I thought overall the pass defense was really good. can you speak to their ability to say – to make plays on the ball. I think you had three guys in the top 20 in the NFL right now in the defense, that, and one of them who hasn't played a ton this year. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, look, I think that, you know, really has been a position that we've had some depth at. Um, and um, Ike's come in and done a really good job when he's been called upon to, to go in and play. And, um, you know, for you to be able to make plays on the ball, you have to put yourself in position, you know, to make plays on the ball. And I think – you know, I think the style that our guys play, it's an aggressive kind of get-up-on-you type of style and, um, you know, le- leads to us being, you know, tight in coverage a lot and guys making plays on the ball. So I think they work extremely hard on that. Um, I think, uh, you know, Joe and Marcus and the rest of the guys that work with the secondary, they put an emphasis on it, and I think our guys have improved uh, in that area. Can you talk about it?
0: being tied for the division and how – I know every game's important, but it seems like those those
1: division games down the stretch are going to be extremely, extremely – They'll be extremely, extremely important if we take care of business this week against the Giants. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I think kind of in answer to your question, Ed, is like, um, yeah, the margin for error is extremely small right now. And we need to make sure we're taking advantage of every opportunity. And so we need to focus in on the Giants and um, in, in trying to get a win against those guys this week.
0: Where did you see that really limited the offense's production on Sunday?
1: Yeah, look, I think there was a number of things. Um, you know, I thought the biggest thing is I don't think we ever really, and I, th- I said this last night, we never really got into a good rhythm uh, in, in the passing game. Um, Look, in, in visiting with Pete, you know, there's some things that we probably uh, could have and would have done, you know, a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think particularly our drop back passing, um, you know, I thought some of the things that we we, we were able to do play action wise, um, there were some things there that, that uh, we took advantage of. I think, you know, drop back passing, um, I didn't think we were as good as we needed to be, uh, whether it be throwing it, catching it, protecting it. You know, there's a lot of factors that go involved in that, but I thought that was an area that we struggled in. Yes, I don't even specify the elements of it, but what happened with the blocking scheme, with the play designs. No, you said the defense was really good in the past, but in what specificities did they restrain you from being able to do how you? Well, look, yeah, I mean, I think they got they got a couple of guys that, that can rush the passer, which created some challenges. We got there was a little bit of knockback at times. Um, and then i thought they had some tight coverage in some areas that we we didn't get we didn't get completions in so um and then when we did get completions underneath i thought they did a pretty good job of coming up and making tackles so um we knew it was going to be a challenge trying to throw the ball against against those guys particularly uh with some of some of the weapons that we you know didn't have available to us or or not quite at 100% but um yeah we we um we didn't do a good enough job in the drop-back passing game, but yet um, we made enough plays to win the game.
0: All right, let me pause that right
1: quick. Shout-out to Brent, man. Appreciate the cash app Brent. He says,
0: <laughs> for third place, Big Q, come on, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we in third right now, bro. Uh, well, it's, as people would say, you're tied for first. You know, they, they would spin it, but actually, you know, those guys have the tiebreakers. Both of the guys ahead of us, like you guys know, have the tiebreaker. Brent also has a uh, possum in a pear tree. Yeah. You go to <laughs> a possum in a pear tree. Yeah. I know along with all the, the car injuries and he says, but vanilla possum chowder sticks to your ribs. <laughs> come on. Hey man. bro. Come on now, dog. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> thank you. Man. Appreciate say it, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> me
2: up. Me
0: yeah. This one. Yeah. This is uh appreciate bro. Um, yeah. Dennis Allen is saying a lot, man, uh, here and a lot of, a lot of some of the things he's saying, I agree upon, like some of the things he's saying that they have to improve upon. Uh, and listen, the next four, and he understands this well enough. The next four games, the next month worth of games, family, he's basically coaching for his life here. He knows it. This team and a lot of people say, fam, we want him to lose. Nah, nah, nah. Listen, this will, this four game stretch right here. will tell everything. And like I said, the Sunday matchup against the Giants, who are on the two-game winning streak, they're not going to be easy. And then right after that, the following Thursday, after that Sunday matchup, the Saints have a matchup against the Rams. They got to travel out to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who lost to the Baltimore Ravens by a, a, a kick return. A, 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 what was it? A, a kick return? I think it was a punt return or a kick return. I watched it. That dude ran it back. Uh, Wallace ran it back for like seventy six yards. That's how they beat the Rams on an overtime a kick return or a punt return. I think it was. I think it was a kick return. Beat them that way a special teams touchdown. So the Rams are competitive. The Giants are going to be competitive, and of course, you got two matchups against Tampa and Atlanta. You need both of those matchups to come up with the victory. So it's gonna this these four games are going to be very tough. None of these teams are going to lay down. You know, they're fighting. A lot of these teams still believe they're in the hunt. They're not eliminated, and they're fighting hard. So this is going to be a very interesting four-game stretch for Dennis Allen and his tenure with the Saints. It'll tell a lot, man. The defense and special
1: teams to know that when the offense is struggling like that, they're able to do enough and to put the team in position to score. Well, I think that's what you have to do, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of times you play games, and and not all three phases are operating that, uh, you know, the level that we need them to, to operate at. And so the other phases have to be able to pick up the slack. And um, I thought defensively and, and in the kicking game, I thought we were able to do that yesterday. Go ahead, Ed. You know, I know everyone knows this is a tough league. It's a, it's a tough game. But do you think, you know,
0: looking back on it, do you think that the, the last few months have been harder than even
1: you would expect? Do you ever get frustrated by, by that at all? or um. Yeah. Look, I mean, you get frustrated with not, you know, coming away with the victories. That 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 gets that gets frustrating. Um. But yeah, this league is hard. And and you know, we were just talking today. I mean, I think there's 13 teams that are within one game of 500, in, in our league, so almost half the league is, you know, sitting in that in that position. And that's that's the way our league is designed. That's the way our league is. And you know, we've got to find a way to to create a few more opportunities for ourselves so that we end up winning some of these games. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the difference between, you know, being a playoff team and not a playoff team. Could you decide
0: like, what happened after the play with McCoy and Card,
1: could you just
0: kind of take us through the sack and what led to it? Uh,
1: uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we just got beat, you know, we just got beat and, and, uh, you know, their guy made a nice play and, um, he beat us, got back there and got a sack. So sometimes that happens, you know, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a missed assignment. You know, we just got beat. When you don't have Taysom, does that complicate the game plan? Cause you don't have another one of those that you can just plug in. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if complicate the game plan is the right word. Um, and yet Look, in every in every game and every game plan, you're trying to figure out ways that you can utilize your players to put yourself in the best position to have success. And certainly, you know, Taysom's a player that we've had a lot of success with um, in the things that he can do. Um, and I think he puts a lot of stress on the opponent, whether it be him, you know, as the personal protector on the punt team or whether it be him lining up, uh, you know, as a tight end or lining up, Uh, In the backfield or lining up at the quarterback position, I just think, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes along with all of that stuff. And so um, I think when you don't have a weapon uh, like that, I think, you know, I don't don't know if it complicates our game plan more, but it, it simplifies their game plan a little bit more.